Who is the Wizards' best wing player? Kyle fucking Kuzma. Kuzma. The same nigga you was telling me was trash. A bum. That, that's what Julio said. That's never. That's not what I said. What What is your opinion on Kyle Kuzma? That he he's a like he can get buckets. That was not. That was not, that was that was not your opinion when he was a Laker, bro. That was not your opinion when he was a Laker, bro. When when Kyle Kuzma was a like, Los Angeles Laker, and you asked somebody, or I asked you about what you think about Kyle Kuzma, your answer would not have been, "Oh, he can get buckets, bro." I would have said people gassed him up too much, but like he's not a bad player. You but see, you can't even say the same thing though, bro. You see the difference in, in the way you're talking about him, because it's like. I ask like, you about him as a wizard, he can get buckets. Five, but like <laughs> but I ask you about him as a Laker, it's y'all gassed him up, but he's solid. Yeah, not he can so get bad. buckets. That's not so he can bad. get buckets, bro. And it keep getting bro. It wouldn't nobody bro look nobody looking at a Kyle Kuzma in a Lakers jersey was like, he can get buckets, bro. No one was saying that. Hello. You've reached Hoop and Holler. A square one podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. So <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, Kalu2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the clap. at underscore underscore Kalu. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. You already know the vibes, man. Welcome back to Hoop and Holler. Different voice on the mic today, man. We're we're down a man. Cause Who's... new 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 year, new team. Yeah, we fired Eddie, man. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mess with that guy. No, anymore. bro. He was he was talking a little too much bullshit on yeah. the podcast before. So we're heading in another direction. Just me and Julio. Nah, Eddie is abroad in London. He ditched us to uh, go eat crumpets and Eddie. Eddie's the Russell Westbrook. And I'm LeBron, and you're injured as AD. At least I'm not Westbrook. I'm not going to lie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't like that, though. Don't do Eddie like that. Eddie is Kendrick Nunn. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> he's up out of here. Yeah. Um, But no, yeah, Eddie's, every, Eddie's traveling abroad in London right now. So we're down to man. In terms of the plan for this semester, um, we might be rotating some guys in. Y'all know Cameron. He's probably going to be on the podcast every now and then. When he has the time, we might be getting some other new voices on the pod every now and then. But we'll, we'll kind of play it by ear. But sometimes it's going to be just like it is today where it's just me and Julio on the mic, two dudes talking ball. You already know the vibes, man. So a little bit of a vibe switch for Hoop and Holler this semester. A little bit of a period of experimentation. But we'll figure it out as we always do, adapt and overcome. But enough of the semantics, enough of the updates. Eddie, shout out to you out in London. I know you're listening. But let's go ahead and talk about my favorite topic of the episode. Starter off the top. Let's talk about these all-star starters, man. They just dropped today. Out west, out east. We can start in the east. You got DeMar DeRozan at guard. Very deserving. Very much. You got Trey Young at guard. We can talk about it. Mm-hmm. You got Joel Embiid at center. Very deserving. Gotta be there. You got Kevin Durant, though. He's probably going to have Very an injury re- reserve, so yeah. he's probably going to get replaced. And then the last forward was Giannis Antetokounmpo, which obviously got to have Giannis. Yeah. So, what what are your initial thoughts about the uh, Eastern Conference starting five? Um, shoot, I kind of forgot the names already. So, D- Demar Derozan, I I just want to speak on him, give him his props. I mean, man has just been so special this season. Uh, something I did want a Laker. So, I know so, something I did want to touch on uh, before or throughout the episode at, at least once was that the Bulls. Man, they've been going through it. So yeah. I, before the season, I said that um, they were going to be one of my most e- exciting teams. Like, I, I can't wait to watch them. But I said that they would be like the sixth seed, I think, mm-hmm. because I didn't really believe in their depth. I didn't believe in their defense. But um, they've proven us wrong when they're healthy. But that's the thing. Yeah. When the COVID hit all the teams in the NBA, they were the most, like, just ridden team of them all with, with so many guys out now. 
you know, Zach Levine is about to come back, but he was out. Uh, DJJ got hurt. Um, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams going to be out for the rest of the season. Lonzo Ball going to be out for like six to eight weeks. Uh, Kobe Kobe White uh, was out for a little bit. Grayson Allen took Grayson Alex Caruso. A- Grayson out. Allen took Alex Caruso out. So it's that so- was crazy, bro. And they're and I know, I know. And they're already like they don't have a lot of depth. So them, you know, being able to float float around the the top of the East still is very very impressive. And so they know them recognizing that hey. This is where we can be at when we're all healthy. Just should give them indication and all the more reason to just rest their players until they're healthy. I don't know what's going on really uh, truly with Zach Levine's knee, but it was the knee that he tore the ACL in. Mm-hmm. And so he was experiencing knee soreness. So get right. Lonzo Ball was about to play through the knee injury. Yeah. And so they, they shut him down, though, and he's going to get surgery. I think he already did. So... I'm very proud of, of uh, I, and I love DeMar DeRozan. Like, for anybody that knows me, I love the mid-range. I, I think everybody's saying that the mid-range is gone. I mean, that, that shit is so overrated. Um, him, just, I, I wish he, he was a Laker. He wanted to be a Laker, but that's, you know, that's out, out of sight, out of mind now. Not really out of mind. It is definitely not out of sight no. or out of mind because we yeah. see it every day. You got to give up props to, like, some of the other death pieces that have stepped up for the Bulls, too, like – uh I was watching the the Grizzlies play the Bulls the other day. Cat with the he had his locks tied up to Ayo Dasunmu or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he can play. He can play. He's one of these rookies out here out here tearing it up right now. Um, maybe not to the level of like a Kate Cunningham, obviously, mm-hmm. but he can definitely play. So as little depth as we thought the Bulls had, there have been certain players who've stepped up in pockets for him, um, and given him some really strong minutes while guys have had absences. But yeah, that roster is pretty much decimated at, and, at different points and throughout the season. Something that. Uh, I'm going to get to at, at a later portion of the show is that because they're so good and because they have to take advantage of the NBA landscape still being like there's no you know favorite favorite that's going right. to win the championship they have to take advantage and because like I said because they don't have a lot of depth and because they're going through all these injuries um they I feel like they should strike on a trade and mm. get somebody which we'll get I'll, I'll get to that later but um, other than that, Joel Embiid has just been killing. Man, he's he said he says some he says something the other day that he said you know he said we, we used to have he always throws shot at, shots at uh, Ben Simmons but he said we used to have a guy who you, you know when he would rebound the ball he would go coast to coast like crazy so I kind of ha- I felt like I had to instill that into my game and boy has he like I see him sometimes and and it's just crazy that that man has handles he yeah I, I, man. It's crazy. He can play. And, like, by my estimation, right, the MVP conversation that was kind of centered around um, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Giannis, um, LeBron kind of pushing it in there. I I would say that the way Steph has played as of late and the way Joel Embiid has played as of late, I'm putting Joel Embiid in that conversation before I'm putting Stephen Curry in there. Because that dude has been unreal. Just drop him. 40 pieces, 10 rebounds, 15 rebounds. Can we talk about how now he's playing, like, how I've been, mm, like, I've been hammering that shit. It, play inside, bro. Like, you can play outside, but uh, always attack. Mm-hmm. And, and that that was always my kind of beef with him. So, which begs the question that was it actually the fact that Ben Simmons was on the court was present preventing him from doing that? I, I just feel like he's going harder now. But, no, it, it, it uh, it's, it's not something to be dismissed. Or was it actually Doc? It's not. It's not something to be dismissed because Ben Simmons is such an interior player. Right. So, but yeah. yeah. So Joel Giannis is obviously a given. Giannis, yeah, he, given. he's he's been ridiculous this year. Um, and eating wings at the press. <laughs> you really don't give a fuck. That's yeah, part, no, that's part of what I like about him. Yeah. Um, I've always felt like the best athletes like have this level of like, or really not the best athlete, but the most successful people in general, like care enough to like, want to succeed at what they do and work hard at succeeding at what they do. But when those failures come, not to, like, internalize them as, like, indictments on Mm -hmm. their character or their personhood or things like that. Like, people who really take stuff personally, um, like, and kind of go into these rabbit holes of self-sabotage and and self-deprecation. I'm getting into some existential stuff. But, like, I mean, I wouldn't even put... Because he's kind of delusional at times. (laughs) Um, But, like... Who, who's like a? I mean, shoot. I, I I personally in my athletic career had dealt with things of that nature, but I feel like you probably don't see a lot of guys reach that level 
because and have that mentality because it's so harmful to you as an athlete. Like if I miss a few shots in a row, that all of a sudden that fucks up the rest of my game or the rest of my week. Like ben you Simmons. literally can't do that. I mean, yeah, Ben Simmons. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> get that the sort of yips thing about you. Um, but like point being, like I feel like guys like Anthony Edwards, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Lamelo Ball just have the perfect amount of like giving a fuck. Where it's like I give a I care enough to like want to be good, but I also it's like if I fail, I fail, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna just be back at it again. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely appreciate what Giannis is doing this I'm year. Try- I'm trying to think of other guards. Who who's the starting point guard for who? The East. Oh, Trey. Trey on. Trey. Is that the right decision? Because you could have Harden. Darius is up there. Darius better be an All Star this year. No, no, he, Maybe not he a will be. He I will don't be. know, man. He might not be just because people don't pay attention. Like when people talk about I, the I, Cleveland Cavaliers, they talk about I Evan think- Mobley. Yeah, Jared Allen in the Twin nah, Towers. They, right? they talk about him now. I mean, now they I, I, th- I think I think the difference now is that last year he was really good, but this year they're actually like winning. Yeah, I mean they're winning, and you also like get to like the the having the two bigs really lets you see how like impactful really, of a three player. Bigs. I mean, yeah, but the third one don't really do a whole lot. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean Kevin Love. I was really talking about Laurie Marketing. Yeah, Laurie Marketing. Kevin Love has been playing pretty pretty well. But like having Jared Allen and Evan Mobley really allow you to see the fruits of what Darius Garland actually brings to the court in terms of his vision, in terms of his lob threat ability. Well Not, literally all the ball handling responsibilities is on him. him. That's and, and this is another thing that i I was gonna touch on. Sexton Rubio. Out of there. Rondo don't fucking count. Um, uh, what's the other dude name that he's always out? Isaac Okoro. Oh, he don't handle the rock though. Yeah, but it, th- that's what I'm saying. Like he's had to play like shooting guard for them too. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, play a guard position. So it's like they don't they don't have a lot. He's so tough, bro. He's so tough. I I I've been known. Darius Garland. First of all, he played in my high school. He didn't even go that crazy. I didn't play in high school, but I watched him play. Uh, my high school team, like the semifinals of the state championship or something like that, um, he didn't even pop off. But you just see the fact that he has a ball on the string like crazy. And then I watched him play in like uh, – it might have been like – it was some trainer's videos. He was going one-on-one with some randos. But he's just the, – the the type of ball control that dude has is like – I'm not sure it's matched by anyone in the NBA. Maybe like a Harden, maybe like a Curry. Obviously like the guys who are up there, up there, but like – when we talk about the best handles in the NBA, Darius Garland has to be part of that conversation, if not at the front of that conversation. And I'm taking into account the Kyries of the world. I'm taking into account the Currys of the world. He's up there with those guys easily because he has it like that for sure. But yeah. I digress. Let me step off my soapbox with Darius Garland. I want to give a, a big shout-out to Jose Alvarado. Shout-out to this dude. He's on the Pelicans. You didn't hear about his big game? No. At, at the Garden? Yeah. He's from New York. He, uh, wait, I don't know if he went undrafted or if he was a second round draft pick. Anyways, bro is, I mean, he went insane. And by insane, like, I, I mean, I think he had like 14, 15 points, seven assists. Like, but bro was balling rep- representing us Hispanics. But like, when you hear that name, like, obviously there's Hispanic dudes, mm-hmm. but a lot of times they're like, they're, Spaniard. No, no. Oh, that, that. Mm. Or, but that's not even like his true Hispanic, like Central and South American Hispanic. Point is, you don't see a lot of dudes like this. And that, and the reason why, like, I love this dude is because, I, I mean, I've never seen him play other than uh, uh, the few games and highlights that I've seen other than this one. Mm-hmm. He plays like a dog, man. Like a straight up dog. He Picks you up full court. His fucking energy is there. And because he he he's from New York, he played at the Garden, had his breakout game at the Garden. I think that gave him more like like energy that night. But he just he can shoot, he can handle, he shot the mid-range, he was finishing, and he looks like 5'9. What's his name? Jose? Jose Alvarado. Alvarado. I think I butchered the Al- Jose Alvarado. Man, became like one of my favorite players in the NBA instantly. Let's see. Yeah, the East doesn't really have a whole lot of controversy in terms of the All Star starters, but the West. Let's get into it. Yeah, LeBron's obvious. LeBron's obvious, and, and 
Let, let me just say this. I have the same argument for LeBron that I have for Steph. And, uh, although I, I, I won't say that LeBron is the MVP of this season. Mm -hmm. And I do say that Steph was the MVP of last season. But it's the same argument. Take LeBron off that fucking team. And what are we? The and worst then, team in the NBA. The worst team in the NBA. And th this is a, a little something that uh, I, I wanted to mention too. It, like it, it just pains me because... I want LeBron to be on, on, you know, and since he, him coming to the Lakers, I've gained more of a, I don't want to say it, but just respect and affinity for LeBron. I just want him to be on a really, really good team. And we're just ass, right? Yes. And the the thing about it, though, Wait, is, is that... Y'all. Yeah, yeah, Y'all are just ass. Yeah, yeah, sure. Ain't no we. Yeah. You, I'm you, a Grizzlies you just, fan. You root for us when it's convenient. Nope. So y'all are the ass. thing about it is that the Lakers suck so much, so I feel bad for him, and I can I can just feel the frustration through the TV screen, and and I I don't even blame him sometimes, but then I'm like, bro, you created this shit, yeah, you created this shit. So as much as you're doing, you know the the to the best of, performing to the best of your ability on the court, your off the court shit sucks ass, bro. The GM. Yeah, the GM. The GM. So that's. The, I but, mean, you you knew like LeBron wanted to change something from last season. Last season didn't work. No, and to an extent, you wanted it to be kind of drastic. But like, you almost wonder if he had somewhat of like approximate relationship to Russell Westbrook over Demar Derozan that made him want to go in that direction. Because from a basketball standpoint. It wasn't a whole lot of justification for saying, let's bring yet another guy whose game is predicated on the interior onto this team. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Like, I, don't, I almost want to go off on a tangent here because the way that people have been kind of talking about Westbrook in his game throughout this entire season has really bothered me. Because when I watch the Lakers play, I'm not watching it and, and I see that Russell Westbrook is the problem with the Lakers. But taking into account what the Lakers were last year and the reasons why they felt like they had to bring in a guy like Westbrook, to me, Russell Westbrook simply is not the solution that everybody hoped he would be. I mean, I sat in that chair not too long ago, um, and I was like, it's a long shot, but if they find some sort of kismet within those that trio, then maybe it can work. But no one was ever saying, like, Russell Westbrook is, like, far, like this is the thing that the Lakers needed. If you actually knew what the fuck was happening with basketball, of course you knew, like, it was going to be a long shot. But there was a shot. But let's not let's let's not sit up here and act like Russell Westbrook is the thing that's holding the Lakers back because they weren't all that much better last year. They brought him in. Arguably, they're worse, but it's because you don't have guys like Alex Caruso and you didn't do the necessary movements in the offseason that you needed to. He's just not the solution that people were hoping that he would be, and he's that the Lakers threw all their chips in that basket, and it didn't pay fruit. That's the problem. But so he'll I, even uh, you know I I fucking dream about Demar Derozan every night. But um, whoa, pause. Hey, yo. <laughs> I, hey, yo. I said that. On what do you mean by that? But um, even a guy like Buddy Heald, you know, put Demar Demar to the side. Yeah. You know the actual trade packages that that were on the table, and I understand if the Lakers didn't want to hard cap themselves. But even so, you do it for a guy like DeMar DeRozan. And DeMar DeRozan wasn't even getting the love that he was supposed to in San Antonio only because it's a small market. Bro was had all the ball handling responsibilities. Had Because DeJounte Murray was out for, for— He's tough. You know, and— He's low-key should get, be an all-star. I'll, I'll get to—we'll get to him in a little bit, too. Um, but DeMar DeRozan is so nice. I, I just don't know why it, take, it, it took people like this season to realize how fucking— you know, and not a, it's not even about being nice. It's about how, you, you know, beneficial he actually is to winning. Yeah. So, I don't know. 100%. A little bit of a digression. So, it's LeBron. LeBron. For sure. Jokic, for Jokic, sure. oh, my God, he's been crazy this year. Like, like every, like, watching him play, you almost, like, are on the cusp of saying, is this the best player in the NBA? Like, you, like, like it's hard to watch Nikola Jokic play. And come away not feeling like that. Even though you do have guys like LeBron and guys like Curry and guys like Durant and Giannis in your head, if you sit down and watch 48 minutes of Nuggets basketball, how do you not come away and say this is the dude in the NBA? It's like an MV is it's another like LeBron Steph argument. Like yeah. take him off the team Jesus. with how ridden that team is. 
Yeah. He's tough. And then the last front court person, you had LeBron, you had Jokic, and then you had um Andrew. Andrew fucking Wiggins, bro. Now fifty percent of the vote is a fan. But I, I, I came way you remember like when we first started the show, we had a, a discussion about the fan vote because Alex Caruso had hella votes. You remember that? Yeah. And I was like, you gotta abolish the fan vote because people are just treating this shit like a joke. Now, we didn't like memify Andrew Wiggins in the same way that people were kind of joking about Alex Caruso. But this just shows how fucking dumb people are. Like, don't get me wrong. Andrew Wiggins is averaging, I think, like 48% from the field, 40% from three, 18 points. On the, arguably the best team in the NBA, sure, all-star, fine. If you ask me, him and Draymond should be all-stars. Draymond should be an all-star over Andrew Wiggins, but that's besides the point. Nice. Sure, all-star. All-star starter? Kiss my ass. Kiss my whole ass, both cheeks and the crack. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no fucking way. Ain't no way Andrew Wiggins is an all-star in the Western Conference in this NBA, bro. I mean, it's just like the the Clay shit. I I love Clay. I'm Clay's biggest fan, but there's no way. Like, he got so many all-star votes, too. It's wild. And it's like, I get it. He's a forward so there's like uh, because you have the backcourt and frontcourt thing, there's a little bit of room for fluctuation. But I guess spoiler alert: the two, the guards in the West are Stephen Curry and John Morant. We'll get inarguable. to that, right? But uh, but Luka Doncic is not an All Star yeah. starter in the Western Conference. How? Yeah. No. Th- this this just lends us to the conversation of it's it's it should be less about Andrew Wiggins and whatever, but it, more about the positionality that we're the NBA is still holding on to. Why? Why? You you got we're in 2022 and LeBron is playing the 1 and the 5. It's because you got an old guard that refuses to let go let alone the concept of a front court and the back court instead of uh, of guards, wings and bigs. Uh-huh. The ideas of like fucking point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Yeah. People are still attached to that shit. And it's like what the hell is well, Jay Crowder to you? Yeah, and that and that's why it's like you know the small forward, power forward, center. That's why it's they give three positions to the fucking, to the to the front court. It's crazy because it's like Luka Doncic. You can make an argument like he came into the league, he was a forward, but he was so skilled that they moved him to the guard position. Yeah. But oh no, yeah, it's BS. It's crazy to me that Andrew Wiggins like like shout out to him because I, I like as dumb as I think it is, you got to give him a boatload of credit for the ways he's adapted and evolved his game since leaving Minnesota. Um, in the in the context of that Warriors offense, for him to even be in the conversation, because like they've had people play in that Andrew Wiggins role before, like say Harrison Barnes a couple years back, right? No one's done it as well as he is. He's playing exceptional defense. He's shooting the ball well. He's getting buckets when they need him to. Like he he's playing very very good ball, All Star caliber ball. But he's not a fucking starter, bro. He's not. It's like what are we doing in in, in a, in a Ooh, that shit gets to me, bro. Because I, I, I even think about, like... How guys get paid. How guys get paid. And I think about the other the other people in the front court in the Western Conference that you can make an argument for. Cat. Carl Anthony Towns. Like, come on, man. I think about my boy in Memphis, Jaron Jackson Jr., playing some of the best defense in the NBA if, right now. If you really care about... If you really care about winning, like, I, I don't put much credence into... Into the wins and losses, and you know some people have that concept. This. It's like, but oh, this team is do, the number one seed, why, so they gotta do, have a certain amount Memphis of all stars. Memphis is fucking killing shit. Like, no, you won't, you won't see like, and I get it. Like all, like collectively, Memphis, we have all our eggs in like the uh, John Morant basket. But like, shit, Jaron Jackson is having a hell of a season. Desmond Bain is having a hell of a season. Before he went down, Dylan Brooks is having a hell of a season. All those guys can make arguments for being all stars, but they won't talk about it. But that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm trying to, like, come up with some of the other names that could have been voted in. Obviously, like, Paul George could have been before the injury. Um, but I'm trying to think of, like, some other names that could have been in there instead of Andrew Wiggins. Like, who else was available to vote for? Uh, Rockets, Clippers. Front court. Sons. You had AAD, who's been out. Like, Carmelo Ru- Anthony Gobert. was seventh in the front court votes. I hate Rudy Gobert, but... Oh yeah, that's Carmelo bullshit. Anthony. Yeah. Abolish the fan vote. Yeah, facts. Abolish facts. the fan vote. It's dumb. It's stupid. People not e- watch that, basketball. And that's not. And that's not even us saying that we love how the media 
you know, votes because I mean the the media has has a big vote too. Yeah. But um, I mean, shit, that that's better than the fan. I mean, vote. the fan vote is ultimately and largely influenced by the way the media conducts itself too. Fact. You have to you have to take account for that. So it's like if you know TV deals and whatnot, we're constantly being fed Warriors basketball. Um, and we constantly see the Warriors are doing well. We constantly hear about how the Warriors are one of the best teams in the NBA. Maybe people do have a little bit of bias towards Warriors players when they're voting, but it's like there's no way Andrew Wiggins gets in over his teammate, Draymond Green, who's the anchor of the yeah. best defense in the NBA right now. There's no way he gets in over a Carl Anthony Towns. There's no way he gets in, in over a Rudy Gobert. And, and I don't like Rudy Gobert, but yeah. That don't even make sense. What are we doing? Yeah, that that's and shit. even a guy like uh, one of my favorite players that we'll get to later, and maybe I shouldn't even say this because I I wanted to hide this, but Brandon Ingram. I was just gonna say that shit. Is he having a be- uh, a better season than Brandon Ingram? Twenty two. In a way, in hell. Twenty two point four points a game. Uh, Especially the way he's come on as of late. In a way, in hell, he's having a better season than Brandon Ingram. Five five assists, six six rebounds. 48, 49% uh, effective field goal percentage, three-point percentage. You don't care about effective field goal percentage, you. <laughs> 35 three-point You don't know what that means. You don't know what that means. I barely know what it means, but shit. That's just crazy, bro. That 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 is absolutely wild to me that he's there. And he's played all the games. But we can go ahead and keep it pushing because that was something that pissed me off. Let's talk about something that, that brought me a little bit of joy. Obviously, Steph's a starter. Cool. Wooty woo, whatever. He's fallen off as of late. His shots kind of broke. That's just crazy. But you know I'm here. You know ja. what I'm talking about. You know what I'm and talking my about. My favorite player. My fucking favorite Josh's player. Josh's biggest fan. Ja. Josh's biggest fan. What's his actual first name? Demetrius. <laughs> I know it's something stupid like that. It's Demetrius. Ja, ja, that's what I said. Moran. You said Jamitrius. No, I said Demetrius. We have it on footage. We caught no, you I in said, 4K. I said Demetrius. You said Jamitrius. Strong Dimitri. as hell, Julio. We all heard you say Jamitrius. His name is Demetrius Ja that's what Morant. I that's what I said. Out of Murray State, from South Carolina, the rural part, the farmlands. Second overall pick, Memphis, Tennessee. Rookie of the year. Okay, so will you agree with me that he's a 99 overall? Potential? Yes. Sure. Okay. We can cool. say, uh, sure. Cool. Because, cool. you. you know, anytime I put a Thank cap- you for coming on this side hey, of the line. Hey, bro. Thank you for coming to this hey, side bro. of the line. Anytime, like, even, because like, the thing is, especially as a Grizzlies fan. Even, I try, oh, okay. I even try, if Zion see, see was healthy. Yes. He should still be one. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank yes, you. yes. 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 Thank 100%, you. 100%. 100%. Thank you. 100%. That's it. You've been right the entire time. I'm done. But let me tell you something. I'm out. As a, as a Memphis fan, I've trained myself to try to tailor my expectations, you know? Because we don't get much in Memphis. It's a city of a lot of pain. It's a city of a lot of trauma. It's a city that's pretty down bad, the kids might say, at times. We try not to get our hopes up too much. We try not to 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 hang on our coattails too much, but you know what? We can hang our hopes on this dude. This the one. I told y'all years yeah. ago. I told y'all years ago. Go look it up. Well, what's that? What's that website you you put uh, articles up on when you can't get it published professionally? Medium. Go look on Medium. Go look on <laughs> yeah, Medium.com. Yeah, yeah. Reagan Griffin Jr. Yeah. I wrote it years ago. I said John Morant, and everybody want to talk about it now. Everybody want to talk about it now. Facts. John Morant's this. John Morant's that. That's facts. John Morant, the mainstream media. John Morant better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Get the fuck out of here, only, Stephen A. Only when, way. It's, only when it's uh, fucking popular, you know. Right. Yeah. Everybody hopping on, on 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 homies, you know what now? But I said it years ago. Medium.com. Medium. Medium.com. Yeah. Reagan Griffin Jr. Yeah. Look it up. And, and uh, here, here's the thing. I, I said, I, uh, let me get this last point. Uh-huh. I said, John Morant is Memphis's Messiah. Y'all know what the Messiah is. I know y'all read y'all Bible. The Savior, the Chosen One, the Golden Child. Ja. And, the, and, the, and it's Durant. not even. Uh, Morant. It's not even like an overstatement or. or 
you know, fan, you know, it, it is fan talk, but it's also, it doesn't mean that fan talk can be true. So, and here's the thing about the Grizzlies. I really like uh, the, the way they draft, the way they, you know, develop their players. So I, I believe in the front office and, and me saying this is not me saying that I don't believe in the front office, but if they don't get, I'm not even going to say a chip, multiple chips, more than one with jaw. We that's a them. failure. It's coming. And I, I really do believe that that you know you know they're the next next up and coming team. But because the thing is, those dudes improve every year. Like, of course, you hear about John Morant. But if they don't, that's that's a fat failure. Yeah, and, and that's a standard that has never, ever, ever been set in the city of Memphis, Tennessee, for that Grizzlies franchise. Ever, it's never been championship or bust. But when you have a dude like that. I'm talking like what Giannis Antetokounmpo means to the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm talking like what Stephen Curry means to the Golden State Warriors. John Morant has the potential to mean to the Memphis Grizzlies, which is insane. And you talk about high expectations moving forward, 100%. Because it's not just Ja. And that's kind of why, like, as much as I think, like, and I just said it, John Morant is Memphis's Messiah. But, hell, Jesus had disciples, he had people who was right there rocking with him, and, you know, I, I can't name him. I'm not that well-versed in my Bible, but I do know that Desmond Bain is a baller. Oh. And we better start talking about his ass a little my, bit more my, because my, Desmond Bain can play. My favorite draft prospect, just ideal. Buff-ass, shooting-ass dude, Just bro. ideal guy. He's just a guy. He's you're, a dude. Like, when they say, you're not that guy, pal. You're he not, is you're that just guy. Not that guy. He is that guy. He's that guy, He's the bro. guy who said you're not that He's guy. He's that guy, bro. He's that guy. He's that guy. Carries the same sort of, like, attitude, like, man. fuck you, I'm gonna go get it type shit. Same with Jaron Jackson, Con- man. It's confidence and swagger, but the confidence and swagger doesn't get in your way of, like, I'm too cool for this shit. Right. Bro plays so hard on D and just just plays hard. Yep. And so, that, that that's when I start really disliking players when the swagger and confidence like the cockiness gets in the way of them performing hard as shit yeah and that they they don't allow that same goes for jaron who's playing elite defense elite defense jaron jackson should be in the defensive player of the year conversation you don't see guys get as many blocks and steals as he does as he's getting this season he's he's you know the foul trouble still there from game to game but it's nowhere near as bad as it was before and now that he's consistently on the floor it, oh my god if they play their cards right which they have to like the, the pressure's on them um this is 2022 by 2024 they should be like i'm not going to say like going for conference favorites but they should be favorites in the west yeah like that's because Phoenix, you know, I this love Chris Paul, and Chris Paul is going to, you know, play forever. But, you know, he, I, I think they'll be better than Phoenix uh, potentially, and Lakers will be done. Warriors the Clippers will, be will probably be done. Out. Warriors will be aging out. The Jazz, eh, no. you, you know, maybe the Nuggets. Um, but as long as they have Jokic, they're always going to be in that conversation. Other than that, you got to be the favorites. That, yeah. that, that's how you got to look at it. Yeah, that's how you got to look. And at that's it. how they feel it. I mean, hell, if you talk to that team right now, they probably see themselves as the favorite. And, but my largest point is, right, we're talking about the all-star starters. Yes. This all-star achievement for John Morant is not just the achievement of John Morant, but it's the achievement of him and his teammates supporting him throughout this entire season. And it's really the achievement of an entire city. He's got he's got that city on his back right now. And he's carrying every bit of that weight. And it's not city on your back in terms of, like, LeBron had Cleveland on his back. Right. It's, it's more of like a, I feel like. Because it felt like LeBron was dragging Cleveland yeah, with him. You yeah. know, like he was like, fuck, okay, y'all got to come with me because I'm here. But no, it's like a, um, it's this. More pride of being there. Yeah, it's like a coalition like a, of, of just the, the personality yeah. of 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 identity of yeah, just culture. Yeah, it, it's it's. I agree. It's the perfect storm, man. Yeah, it's the perfect storm. So. You know, I hate young teams, but I mean that ain't I, no I young team. team. They 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 they're a young team, but yeah. they don't play like one for sure, man. They don't play like one. But but um, anyways, in terms of snubs, because of how the the All Star game is structured with their stupid positionality, there really is no snub in terms of like guards in, in the West. Yeah, I mean, like Luka Doncic should be a starter, but like if you yeah. like he wouldn't have been a starter over either of those two exactly. guards. Yeah. 
Um, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and like no. Yeah, that's just that's a dumb way to set it up. They yeah. gotta fix it. Hey, maybe, maybe, bro. Christian Wood. Who says no? Christian Wood for Kendrick Nunn, Taylor Horton Tucker, and a first round pick. I think they would say yes. No, they wouldn't, Julio. There's no for a first round pick. There's yeah, no. because no, no, no. You're projecting the Lakers to be bad. I got leftover chicken fried rice at home. The Lakers could offer me THT Kendrick Nunn in a first round I, I pick think, for that chicken I, fried rice. I, I, I think tell them to go fuck. I themselves. think it's because. It's how I view the Rockets valuing Christian Wood. I just don't think they value. Him. I mean, they. I don't think they're not going to part ways with him for nothing, though. They know what he is. His value is to. They other have teams. no. Who are their guards? Oh, Jalen Green, Green, Kevin Porter Jr. Oh yeah, I forgot about Kevin. Yeah. Jr. Um, but that first round pick that's enticing because the Lakers are going to be most likely they're going to be bad in 2027. I got a half eaten. Bag of Skittles back home. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, because you eat Skittles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's why. I got a cup of water sitting on my nightstand. That's your that's your dessert. I got I got this really nice pair. And that's of, your breakfast for tomorrow. I got this really nice pair of socks that I haven't gotten to wear yet. That's for your You never just you ever slide on a pair of Nike socks for the first these, time? These, right. First time I'm wearing these. Nice with putting on a side pair of sock for the first time. Yeah. I wouldn't trade that feeling for THT Kendrick Nunn in the first round pick. So you wanted to talk about like kind of like a, a triad of teams. The Kings, the Trailblazers, and the Pacers. All as teams that kind of need to move in a very significantly different direction than the track that they're currently on. Teams that could afford to blow it up um, and kind of do a 180-degree turn. Talk a little bit more about that. I, I just think – let's start with the with the Trailblazers. I, I think that the Trailblazers have no direction right now. In, in firing their GM and having an interim, I just feel like they're kind of they, – they can take one, one of two options. Number one, n- number one is probably the option that they don't want to take, and that's trading Damian Lillard because that's accepting the fact that you wasted more than half of his career, mm-hmm. and, and you just you'll probably never get ever get another player like that because he's the best player in your franchise's history. Whoa. And you, and, and, what? He better than Clyde Drexler. Yeah, I'd have to think about that, but. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, you just—it's hard, and I can only imagine how hard that is. It's like me having Kobe never winning a ring, and it's like fuck, I gotta trade him now. So, I, like, I can understand that sentiment, but it—it's that's a realistic option now, especially. And just shout out to this dude, Anthony Simons, just fucking tough. And look, here, 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 here's the ironic thing about Anthony Simons. When I first saw him play, I think maybe three years ago on, on the Trailblazers, I was like, damn, this dude is nice. And then over the last two years, I was like, man, what happened to this dude? This dude not that nice anymore. He gets his opportunity. Bro has been fucking balling. Tough. Like the first half of January, he was like averaging 26 or something like that. He was just, I mean, him going crazy like that, Gives all the more credence to trade at least trade a guy like CJ McCollum, which is like the second option. Trade CJ and you know Nurkic and Covington and build around what you already have. But then you still end up with a three guard, you know, lineup and unit in Norman Norman Powell, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons. And so what you trade for, I don't know if CJ and Nurkic and Covington is netting you. A fucking all star that you need in, in like a Ben Simmons type, you know, a big slash wing, you know. So here's my question for you, because knowing you for as long as I have, I know that you're a proponent on selling on young guys who show potential, selling high on them before they kind of hit their. Regression. You don't sell Anthony Simons right now, really? No. What do you, you what do you sell, see? You sell Damian Lillard. What do you see in Anthony Simons that makes you confident that he's going to sustain this over the rest of his career? Not, not really. It's not about. I mean, I mean. I just, I don't know if I can point to one thing of, of uh, him sustaining. I just think his game is just so raw like that. Like he, 
He's just you a see, baller. Like, he, like he, he can just ball. And so... Ball don't stop. Him... He got hit, that one dribble pull-up, two, pull, two dribble pull-up. And, and it just... He's not... Okay, he's not Dame, but he's like a little bit Dame-esque, you know? And so... No one will ever replace Dame, but you just have to strike while the iron's still hot with Dame. And, and bro, I know he's out for pretty much the end of the, uh, till the end of the season, probably, but... You just have to strike while the iron's hot. It's that simple. Maybe it's time Reset. to bring up that uh, AD for Dame trade again. Facts. Big Stop facts. It, bro. Stop it, bro. Big facts. Ain't no way. I'd rather have a guy with heart than, than a guy with no balls. <laughs> no balls is crazy, bro. Julio just said AD's castrated. Anyways, <laughs> so that's Portland. That's Portland. Talk to me about the Pacers. The Pacers, it... Are an interesting team because this is always a team that I feel like you and I and Eddie have talked about the last two three seasons. It's like, man, this team is interesting. It's just like with the with his uh, favorite team in the NBA, the Washington Wizards. They just got a bunch of guys, you know, and they they have some dudes that I really really like. Like I love Malcolm Brogdon, and so when the trade rumors came up that the for some reason the the Sacramento Kings, which we'll get to. We're open to trading De'Aaron Fox for uh, Demonis Sabonis. I was like, imagine a De'Aaron Fox, assuming that you know this year is kind of an a, an anomaly, with a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, that'd go elite. That'd be elite. That'd be elite. And so, for the Pacers, they've pretty much already hit rock bottom. They're, they're toward the bottom of the East. Miles Turner is hurt. Uh, all their dudes are, are are hurt all the time. Jeremy Lamb uh, uh, was hurt for. A good I can't portion get over the way season. you say the word Jeremy, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, TJ Warren, TJ Warren is is hurt. Um, their biggest asset right now moving forward is Chris Duarte, who is fucking nice, right? And he has his ups and downs. Like he he at the beginning of the season he was tough, but then he kind of tailed off and like. He shows flashes every Wait, now and then. He's a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie. He's but a he's rookie. he's an older rookie. He's a really too. older rookie. Um I don't know if it's fair to anticipate that he's gonna be the guy that we saw at the beginning of the season. Well, he's not like a uh he's a building block towards a championship team. He's not the building block. That, that that's it. Yeah. And so the, the what I'm saying is what I'm saying for the Pacers is as much as good as Demonis Bonus is, and you know, people should give him his props. I know they don't really want to trade and move off of him, but that's a guy I would move off of and capitalize while the iron is fucking hot. Just like with Julius Randle last year, this past offseason, you strike while the iron's hot. You trade a motherfucker like that. You trade a dude like that. Um, and Demonis Sabonis is good, but he's not like a... I'd say Demonis Sabonis is better than Miles Turner, but Miles Turner is a far more plug-and-play player who can fit around more offenses around the league. Mm-hmm. And Demonis Sabonis is just not that guy. You, I feel like you have to adjust your entire offense around him um, j- just to just to, capital- just to capitalize on uh, on his talent. And, and like, what, what What's the team you don't feel like Sabonis would fit on because- naturally? He's not really like a five. Like he can play the five, but he's not a rim protector. He's not a rim protector. He's not really a defender. And but I, you don't want him to just be a three point shooter like Miles Turner. Yeah, or, no. I, I mean, I think he has certain skill sets. Whether that's you know short roll ability, whether that's shooting the ball, whether that's passing the ball from the high post. Like he has certain abilities that I think translate to any offense. And and, and so like my my overall point with the Pacers is that. You have a lot of guys, and I know small market teams like this who really have, you know, small windows or any windows or just no windows whatsoever of championship or playoff aspirations. And so when you do get a a one- or two-year playoff berth, you want to hold on to it as tight as possible. But then when a year happens like this, when it sets you back into reality, you just have to be realistic with yourself. and And, like, you're going nowhere with this fucking team. Reset. Sell Demonis Sabonis, sell uh, Miles Turner the, in the in the offseason. Move forward with Duarte and uh, and Malcolm Brogdon and go from there. Like that, that's just what you have to do. And those are good ass pieces to move forward with. So it's not like you're totally decimated and don't have a roster to move forward with. And with Miles Turner 
and, and Demonis Sabonis, you can get some good pieces back. Yeah. Like, so take advantage of it now. And the last team you want to talk about was Sacramento. Sacramento. Sacramento was another team. He, and, you know, as, uh, as I feel like Sacramento is a team that doesn't really excite people all that much. Number one, Sacramento is just like a boring ass city. And, I just feel like they're never in the in the spotlight, and not that they should be. I mean, hell, the division that they're in, right? Like you, you, you can't Clippers be in California. Yeah. If you're in California, like it, I, I think that's something that's probably underrated about Sacramento. If you're a Pacers fan and you're in Indiana, there's a basketball game. It's the fucking Pacers are on. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're in Tennessee and there's a basketball game on, it's the Grizzlies. If you're in California, there's a basketball game. It's the Lakers. It's the Lakers. Then it's the Warriors. If it's not the Lakers, it's the Warriors. Then it's the, it's the Warriors. It's the Clippers. Then you might get like one or two Kings. Yeah. Like people don't give a fuck. Yeah. And and so, but all that being said, I did say the Bulls and number two, the Sacramento Kings would be uh, two of the teams I would most love to watch because of the three guard lineup with De'Aaron Fox coming off the year he had last year, Tyrese Halliburton just being a fucking stud. And Davion Mitchell just being, I, I love his game, and, and I still do. Like, um, but they just haven't been performing to to the standards of which they they should hold themselves to. And not saying that they should be the freaking fourth seed in the Western Conference, but you should be higher than the tenth seed. Yeah. The Western Conference been honestly, it's been shitty. It's been shitty th- this season. It's just so open. Take advantage of that, and the fact that 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 they haven't is just like they have no direction. They they don't know what to do with uh, what's his name, Marvin Bagley. Like, you, why not just trade him this past off season if you didn't want? You, then you declared you're not going to play him for like the rest of the season, pretty much. Then he ends up playing. Then you end up firing Luke Walton. Then you got guys in the locker room like Tristan Thompson saying, "Oh, I don't need a guy, a, a coach to inspire." Him. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, but. You have no direction. Vladi Divog, you know, bounced last year, and it's like you have no direction. You have good assets, though. Reset like you should. Yeah. If that means, you know, including De'Aaron Fox in a trade, which I wouldn't be so inclined to do, you got to do it because you just have no fucking direction. And so if you I, – what I would do, I would choose two out of the three guards, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to know which two out of the three you would choose. But do that. Flip a guy like Harrison Barnes because Harrison Barnes is a guy who should be on a championship contending team. He's not helping a young core like you. Yeah. Flip a dude like that, you'd probably, as much as I love this dude, you're probably going to have to flip a dude like Rashawn Holmes yeah. and move forward with what Ooh, you have. Rashawn Holmes would be so tough in Memphis. So I want him. It's just... It's just unfortunate because, you know, you see, and I've come around to how, how you and Eddie a little bit uh, uh, view, uh, you know, young players more. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad for them when, when you're in horrible-ass situations. So you, you got to flip dudes and move forward. It's no more like, oh, this is our young core, and this is part of what I was saying with, with Indiana. When you get any sense of playoff berth, or, or and this is part of – the uh, uh, another thing that's happening to the NBA right now w- with the dawn of the play-in tournament is got teams. It, it, first of all, it's it's affecting the trade market because there's less uh, um, sellers mm-hmm. and there's more buyers because you know, oh shit, we have a chance at a playoff berth. Oh, we just need one or, or two solid pieces to to really get in there. And it's like you're fooling yourselves. Yeah, you're 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 buying like instant gratification with a, a one or two year playoff berth. In, in not seeing the long-term reality of y'all fucking suck and have no, you know, direction. And so it's, it's the same thing as the Pacers. Move on. You're going. And, and, and the Trailblazers. Just move on. Move on with what you have and, you know, have a different direction. Which two players would you choose, by the way? So for me, I think the best of the three right now is De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. Okay. With that said, I would trade De'Aaron Fox. Yep. Because you can get the most for him, and the other two are, it's not like they're. Fucking- you can get the most for him. And I think from a practical standpoint, um, De'Aaron Fox is a player who. He's not a number one. Right. Like, he's not a championship caliber number one, but he demands 
like number one yes. usage. Tyrese Halliburton don't. don't need the ball at all. Davion Mitchell don't, don't need the ball at all, right? And he's willing to come off the bench. So it's like if I can go find me and like obviously it's a shot in hell that you can go find a guy like Luka Doncic, but I would rather have like one of these, you know, like Shy Gilgeous Alexander, John Morant, Luka Doncic, that caliber of player be my number one because De'Aaron Fox as good as he is. He's not him. You and, know what I mean? Yeah. And talk um, about wasting time. You still haven't traded Buddy Heald. Still haven't traded Buddy Heald. And, and that, that's so crazy to me. So and, now you're just backlogged with all of these guards that's who are why, all really that's good. That's why you got to have, like, you just got to have, you, you, you know, your, your your fucking gun ready in hand to to just pop it when a, a, a guy comes out and, and an opportunity comes about. A guy like Ben Simmons, and I know, you know, the Sixers may not have wanted to do it. But that's a guy you like go boom strike or a guy if if Dame came out boom strike or Bradley Beal came out boom strike you you, you never get hesitant and be like oh but it's gonna compromise our our future that's what happened to the fucking Celtics you know you got to just do it right just do it just do it speaking of the Celtics would you try to make any moves at the deadline if you were them? I would probably move off of uh, Dennis Schroeder because I know I'm not going to retain him and I know I'm not going to win a championship, so I'd probably move off of him and, and get some type of uh, draft assets. Interesting. So on this note of the 76ers, right, you talked about how that's potentially an option for the Kings. Something interesting that's come up as of late has been the notion that James Harden might not be happy living in Brooklyn, might not be happy with his role with the Nets, might not be happy with the way Kyrie's approached the whole COVID situation. Might want out. And his number one option seems to be, if that is true, Philadelphia. And we know how Daryl Morey feels about James Harden. The analogy I made pre-show is like, okay, bear with me, y'all. Right? In Hitler's mind. <laughs> Never a good way to start. <laughs> there was this ideal of what man should be. This blonde-haired, blue-eyed, six-foot-two, strong, white Aryan male, right? That was that was his, that was his ideal, right? Obviously, it's fucked up. I'm black. Julio's Mexican. We don't fuck with that shit. We don't fuck with Hitler. Mm -hmm. That's besides the point. He had his ideal. Daryl Morey, and no, I'm not comparing <laughs> Daryl Morey to Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that would be misconstrued. But Daryl Morey has his ideal of how basketball should be. His final solution, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially, I like I'm joking. His idea of what basketball should be <clears throat> is James Harden. Heliocentric. One guy dominates the ball. One guy makes all the decisions. You have a bunch of wings and one big. And the guy that he wants running it is James Harden. And it yeah. almost worked in Houston. Yeah. Damn near. Took the Warriors to seven games. But in Maury's mind, if he is going to see through his vision of what he thinks football, or Jesus, basketball should be the ideal person to like execute that vision is James Harden. He wants James Harden back with Philadelphia. And it would be a great fit. It would be. But here, here's the thing about it, though. And not saying that the Sixers don't have good pieces other than Joel Embiid on their roster currently. But here's the thing about James Harden that has me a little bit hesitant now. He's complaining or, you know, there's reports that he's unhappy because Kyrie's half or out half of the games. Katie's out. Um, and he said in his press conference, you know, we're injured. Guys are out because of COVID, whatever, whatever. So he, I feel like he feels the pressure of carrying a roster. That's what you were doing in Houston. Mm -hmm. And... When Kyrie was out and James Harden had to step up when at the beginning of the season, I said, yeah, Brooklyn Nets are still the favorites, but it's no more James Harden. You can no longer average 19 and 9 and this. You got to step up and average 27, 10, and fucking 8, right? You got to step up to be that superstar. And so I don't know if he wants that pressure anymore. Hmm. Here, I know KD's out. I know Kyrie's out half of the games. But there's way less pressure on you. I mean, on the offensive. To end. be fair, that's what he was doing in Houston. But the team was built for it to function like that. Like, right? You had PJ Tucker. You had three point threats around him. You had Clint Capella as a lob threat. 
Brooklyn's roster isn't constructed for that sort of basketball. You don't have a whole lot of three point shooting, especially with Joe Harris hurt. Out. And like the out. best lob threat you have out there is like what Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin on a good knee day, right? Like it, it's not yeah. built for it to work like that. So perhaps where the frustration is coming from is like y'all want me to do the same sorts of things that I was doing before without the same yeah. sorts of uh, of tools in my arsenal to do it with, um, which would make sense, right? But whereas in Philadelphia. I mean, hell, just Joel Embiid here, alone. Here, yeah, but yeah, he, here's the thing though. If I'm the Nets, and it's actually funny because uh, D- Daryl Morey, when you know he he's going on all these fucking radio shows and he's saying things that I didn't think GMs were like not not allowed to say, but say things that I wouldn't expect a GM to say or, or a president to say. He was saying like, yeah, we have a deal from Sacramento, you know, ready to go. But I was like. Fuck, bro. Like, you're just going to be straight up like that? Um, but the thing about it is that I, I I thought he was like, this motherfucker's bluffing. You're going to trade Ben Simmons. But with these reports coming out, it just gives him more, uh, 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 you know, shit to stand on against other teams in negotiations. But if I, and a lot of people are saying, oh, then why don't the Nets just do it now? You, you know, just trade now. Mm-hmm. You don't want to help the team. You don't want to help the Sixers. Yeah, and so you having James Harden and them not having Ben Simmons is better than you having Ben Simmons and them having James Harden. Right. So, but here's the thing. If I'm the Nets, I'm not just getting James Harden. I know you're fucking... I know know you're... If you're the Nets, you're not just getting Ben Simmons? uh, Ben Simmons, I'm sorry. I know you always try to rob people, Daryl Morey, but here's the thing. I know how badly you want James Harden. Mm -hmm. You better give me Seth... You better give me more mm. shit. And you taking Seth away from James Harden and the Sixers, that I mean, changes things. Tough. That like not, changes I things. I wouldn't even, I honestly feel like. Like I would purposely ad- choose Seth so I can hurt you. The added value of having, like not not alone, let alone taking Seth away from the 76ers, but what Seth Curry could add to that oh Nets team. Oh my God. Crazy. That's crazy. Him and, and Joe Harris. And like assuming, assuming, and not that you can assume this, but assuming Kyrie Irving and the Nets and the NBA and the New York crap is like resolved by next year and he can play like a regular player, like Ben Simmons or, or like I'd rather have James Harden, obviously, but that's not a bad consolation prize. Like a lot of teams get stuck with Anthony Davis wants out. I got to have Brandon Ingram. This, that, and the other, and mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like yeah about it. Like I have to do it, but Ben Simmons, that's a Ben Simmons, KD, Kyrie, and your ass better give me Seth. That's fucking dangerous. That would be crazy. That's elite. Now imagine a lineup of those four guys plus Joe Harris, bro. Bro, you can't leave nobody open. Nobody, right? Nobody. That's crazy. That would be, and crazy. That, it's crazy because. Obviously, Kyrie needs the ball. KD needs the ball. But KD is such an efficient scorer that he don't even demand the ball. Like, his usage isn't even that high. So the guy that needs the ball the most is Kyrie. And another guy that, you know, needs the ball because he can score so much is Seth Curry. But he can play off the ball so well and catch and shoot so well. It's just, you know, it's not even necessary. And and Joe Harris is Joe Harris. Uh, But that would go... That would that'd be insane. And then Ben Simmons just playing your center position? Just oh my God. I, I would, would lo- be tough. I, I would love to watch that. So here's my thing is obviously Maury wants James Harden. He wants him bad. But Maury hasn't been one to show himself to like budge on shit either. So I don't know. I, I guess I just get concerned that it, it it becomes a situation where it's just almost a stalemate, because Maury might just say, I, "I'm I'm giving you Simmons and that's it." Yep, that that's exactly what he would say. Right. And, and no, what, I'm not accepting that. And then you just have what you pretty much have right now, which is Ben Simmons sitting his ass down somewhere. Maury, you know, got his fingers crossed and his lip out pouting, right? And then the Nets are just playing basketball. Where I don't know, like. In a weird way, and, and mind you, I've been immensely frustrated with the way that Maury's handled this entire situation because it feels very, like, jovial, juvenile, whatever the right word is. Juvenile. Um, but it almost feels like it might end up playing out in his favor 
because he's been so stubborn about it. it it's and he's, almost like, it's like he's just waiting for a team to get desperate enough to yeah. to beat him where he's at. Um, yeah, because um, this is what I was saying. If uh, these reports coming out about James Harden gives Daryl Morey more shit to stand on, Sacramento's like, oh shit, I might have to throw in uh, another one of our young guards, you know, or s- some stupid shit like that. You just never. So what about Maxi? Would you ask for Maxi? If I'm who the Nets. I mean, I would, but I I'd steal Steph or Seth before I I get Maxi. Tobias, fuck Tobias, <laughs> I don't want that shit. Um, yeah, it's an interesting situation. If you had to rate it right now, and you said, "What what's the likelihood that that's the trade we end up seeing happen?" James Harden to the Seventy Sixers in exchange for Ben Simmons. And it's, it's so difficult because if the Nets win the championship this year, that shit is not. Yeah, no, happening. let's just run it back. But uh, I just think that if, if again, if these reports hadn't come out, I was so confident that Daryl Morey was just going to budge and he was just playing, you know, his cards right and, and wanted a team to budge. But I just don't think there's a suitor out there that he likes yeah. unless he were to get a Bradley Beal or a, a Damian Lillard or a Zach Levine, like those types of players. He's just not going to trade for those guys. So I think it's like a 60-75%. Wow. Assuming that the Nets don't win the championship. Interesting. So you're saying that you need to trade for a guy like Gary Trent or Norman Powell. We can't. But you can't. Or Grant. You, you need we to can't. get a guy like Jeremy Grant, but, but you we can't. can't. So Harrison You got to get rid of... Russell Westbrook. But you can't. But you can't. Really. Yeah, realistically. Because he makes way too much money. Which is another issue, like, in, in terms of tradable contracts. Teams always have to align themselves with tradable contracts. Which is funny because, like, essentially what you're saying is that the Lakers are fucked. Yeah, I mean, sure, you have, like, a puncher's chance. But that puncher's chance is, like, is like me lining up against Mike Tyson. That's an ass whooping. But it's funny because I've kind of garnered the same. Like, national media is kind of like in a weird place because it's like you have three superstar in terms of like their their name cachet Mm. players on the Los Angeles Lakers right now. One of which is LeBron James. Obviously, the Lakers are a constant topic of conversation for these these, these national media outlets. You got to talk about them, they drive up your numbers. But the only conclusion that any rationally thinking person can draw is that they're fucked. So, like, you go and watch First Take, it's essentially, like, 15, 20 minutes of them saying the Lakers are fucked. You go watch Skip and Shannon, it's a uh, skip, skip. Yeah. The Lakers are fucked. You know, like, they're, he, they're fucked. Even, here's a trade package that I thought uh, might be, or could be realistic in, in terms of the other team accepting it, was something that can't even happen anymore, and that's Miles Turner. And mm. so, it's not that I even wanted Miles Turner that badly, because I really didn't. I'd be like, sure, fine, I guess, try something, right? And, and I would prefer Grant over him, but if, you know, if you can only get Miles Turner, you get Miles Turner. But even that, like, you can't do that anymore because he's out for the season. Yeah. You know, so. So So you're fucked. Yeah. Well, it's about time for me to get hit in the old dusty trail. That'll do it for this episode of Hoop and Holler. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Two man in it today. No Eddie. Maybe we'll have Cam next week. Who knows? Maybe we'll have another special guest. Julio, you know anybody that wants to be on a podcast? Um, Maybe Aaron, Lakers all day, every day, or my brother. Somebody. 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 We, 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 we might be... <laughs> every week is like a tryout for the third guy, yeah. bro. <laughs> no pressure, bro. No pressure. Um, but no, yeah, we're, we're going to figure something out. Either it's going to be us two or it might be Cam or it might be somebody else in the booth. You never know what's going to happen. I just, I, I can't even. Uh, and the reason I, I think I'm less frustrated w- with this season and going to watch more, more NBA basketball. <laughs> I came back it, to it. Okay. Is, is because this the, was on your chest. Ain't it? We, we already won a chip. So <laughs> I, I can't. No, but seriously, 
you know how oh good it, I, gosh. I don't know if people realize how good it feels Mm-hmm. To w- when the NBA playoffs do come around, because mm-hmm. I was gonna say this, like I can't wait till the NBA playoffs come around. Mm-hmm. Y'all come over, y'all have ribs. Mm-hmm. Eddie brings Portos. Well, we- Eddie not gonna be here, damn it. But I'll be till here. When? He comes back in the um May. Oh, I guess the playoffs are in the summer. What? When does June? So yeah, he'll be here for okay, the yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Like Eddie brings Portos. Mm-hmm. You guys bring like the salad y'all brought last time. Your parents ask if Michelle's my girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Shut up, Michelle. And and uh, we just we we go hand. So I don't know if people knows how good it feels to be like we probably ain't winning the chip, and that's okay with me because we already got one. I'm removing myself from the equation and from the outcome. I'm going to just enjoy the basketball. Meanwhile, I'm over here sh- pulling my hair out because the Grizzlies tied 2-2 yeah. with the Warriors. And and, the, and as the intro says, and that's what we're here for, the basketball. The basketball. The basketball. The basketball. Pick and roll, 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 pick and roll. <laughs> I'm talking basketball. Real basketball. Pick and roll, man. Pick and roll. But yeah, y'all already know what the fuck going on, man. Shout out Julio. Nah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. No cap. No cap. Um, But yeah, that'll do it for this episode of Hoop and Holler. You already know what's going on. Go follow the socials if you feel so inclined. That's at Hoop Holler Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Perhaps on TikTok, but we don't use that app anyway. If you want to buy a house, go bid up Julio because that's the best real estate in Southern California. You already know the vibes. Uh, 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 what do I do? What do I do? Um, uh, if you want a podcast edited, because that's pretty much how I spend most of my time, hit me up. You already know I, I freelance on the side a little something, something. Shameless plugs all around, but in realness thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time this has been the hoop and holler podcast